0: We'll mm-hmm. Welcome to the Town & Country Podcast, Two Churches, One Ministry. Thank you again for joining us on this beautiful day here in Cedar Falls. I am your host, Jonathan Illion, and we have with us again Pastor Kevin Richter, who is the pastor at St. John's Lutheran Church in Rhinebeck, Iowa, and Reverend Dr. Gerald Kapenka, who is the pastor at Emmanuel Lutheran Church here in Cedar Falls. Um, It is an honor to be part of this podcast series, and I believe that we're bringing some very interesting information insights into the book of Ephesians to the to the listeners. So we're now on the fifth installment of the Town and Country podcast and for those of you that are new to our podcast we're working through a total of six weeks so we only have two more to go here this one and one more uh, preaching about the sermons on the chapters of Ephesians one chapter per week. However this path that you are preaching. Um, the sermons might be similar, but they might be completely different because you're building them separately, but you're, you're talking about the same topics. So today we're talking about Ephesians 5. Um, so let's see, who was last week's first person? So it was Kevin. Mean. Oh, Lord, now we have to listen to the old guy. All right, fine. <laughs> so Pastor Kapenka you being the elder statesman here, why don't you go ahead and start off with what you did with Ephesians 5.
1: Thank you, uh, and I'm glad to be able to to uh, bring some uh, wisdom to these young whippersnappers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ephesians five. What struck me as a, as you read through this is you know that that first uh, verse, uh, be imitators of God as beloved children, and then walk in love. And and I really kind of just use that very first sentence uh, uh, to to guide the rest of the sermon. Um, and you know. It's so easy to, to focus on the imitators of God. And where I, I began with is, as beloved children, um, in reference to the first three chapters of Ephesians, uh, as he talks about our place in the kingdom, our, our, our justification that we're saved and how we're saved, um, I made a, a, a point of, of emphasizing the fact that before we can walk in love, before we can be an imitator, um, it is absolutely essential That we recognize that we are loved by god first Uh, if we don't recognize that we are beloved children that we have been redeemed and saved by the grace of our lord jesus christ um, there is no possibility that we can imitate god there's no possibility we can walk in love and so that illustration that we have been loved by god that we are um, walking in his love was was truly important uh, for, for me to, to emphasize and, and to begin that, that process. Uh, and then from there, you can walk on uh, or, or work on and what it means to walk in love.
2: Yeah, I think it you know, did almost the exact same thing. <clears throat> Just I looked at the structure of those first two sentences, especially with, you know, starting with a the conjunction. They even got to hear me sing the Conjunction Junction song, but... Um, <laughs> well, you're not old enough for that song, I'm, are you? Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Saturday morning, son. Yeah. That's
0: right. Hooking up
1: phrases and clauses and stuff. Oh,
0: I didn't go into the ver- lyrics. I just did the <laughs> <laughs> refrain, but... Thank you very much for getting that stuck in me. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. I appreciate that.
2: But, you know, when you see a chapter start with therefore or and or yeah. but, you can't just start reading there. You got to go back. And so, you know, you tie in those last six words of chapter Therefore, as God in Christ forgave you, therefore yeah. be imitators of God, you know, and walk in love as Christ loved us. And so I just took this structure that Paul is doing is he starts with the gospel. He gives us the instruction of how we respond to the gospel. And then he ends with the gospel. And this book end of these two sentences is the exact same structure he does for 1 to 21. And I'll confess, and I told my people not to tell you, but I'll tell you. I cheated. I only did five, one to twenty-one, because I'm going to throw the end of chapter five in with six next week. So I oh, broke you the stinker, rules. But...
1: I wanted to do that, and I thought, no, no, we're <laughs> supposed to preach the whole thing. And I thought, okay, I'll do it, but that was my plan too.
2: <laughs> I just did it without telling you. So, um, so I just looked at one to twenty-one. It's the same thing. We start with gospel. You are beloved. You know, Christ gave Himself up for you. Here's how we respond to that, what we don't do, what we do, how God wants us to live, you know, all these things, and then it ends with giving thanks to the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and so it's that, really that mini-scale version of the entire chapter, this portion of the chapter, is found in those first two sentences. It's yeah. an introduction, yep. and then it's just an expounding on that same thing. Exactly. And so, you know, I said the same thing, like, be imitators of God, we'll just be be like god you know and that's what be wise be fo- you know don't be foolish be wise be light not dark all these things but it's only possible because first we are forgiven in Christ we are beloved children we are loved first we are you know adopted in he has sacrificed himself for us so that that gospel has to come first then we can talk about how do we live in the freedom of that gospel message and then you end with the gospel message you know that it's all for the thanks and glory and praise of god's name so
1: yeah, sounds like they're going to hear the same sermon in two different uh, voices. That's right. Yeah, but uh, yours will definitely be better because you're younger and got more energy.
2: I well, fell asleep halfway through mine, well, I think. Well, I could go longer because I had less to preach on because I cheated. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I didn't want to confess anything, Pastor Kapanka, but I, I fell asleep during your sermon, <laughs> sermon too. So, that is yeah. a standard behavior <laughs> for Not you, standard <laughs> 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 behavior.
1: The other thing I, I, I do make note of and, and maybe was uh, a little bit uh, different is, you know, I emphasize... Emphasize that being imitators meant uh, the repetition of walking in love is a reflection of imitators. So, uh, being imitators of God, that means you walk in love. And so, the, the theme of the whole thing was walking in love. Um, and then I, I took those sections in, in verses three through um, yeah. six in here and says, Walking in love does not mean that we ignore sin because mm-hmm. uh, i think paul was really specific about saying walk in love means that we sometimes we have to say no um and you know you uh y- we have to be able to say that love doesn't always say yes um and so uh, that that was uh the the law aspect i think for a lot of us
0: yeah and okay so th- uh, what i'm i i she I I listened to Pastor's um, yeah. Pastor Kapanca's sermon. So, Pastor Kevin, I don't I don't know exactly how you did this, but I know what my favorite illustration was from the sermon that helps to drive this point home from from your sermon, Pastor. But let's see if it matches up with what you actually are going to tell us. What was the thing that made you uh, that that drove this point home by way of illustration for you?
1: Well, again, I, I, I think in this area is, is as parents, and, and this is the area where I focus on the, the relevancy, is as parents, um, if we are beloved children, we all understand as parents that we can't just say yes to everything. Um, part of being a loving parent is, is knowing when to say yes and, and saying no, and that's hard sometimes. It's not always fun to discipline your child, and, and mm-hmm. we, we've we've, as children, we maybe heard our parents say, this is going to hurt me more than hurt you. And we, we had no understanding of what that meant, especially if, if your parent used the paddle like mine did, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, until you're a parent.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and then having to say no to your child or having to discipline your child is really hard. It's really hard. And yet that's exactly what Paul calls us to do. Um, and so the illustration here is that because we love you, we have to say no to certain behaviors and actions. And so walking in love means that we are willing to take the hard step. We're willing to say no to sexual immorality. We're willing to say no uh, to uh, filthiness and, and foolish, crude joking and, and idolatry and immoral behavior. Um, because he, he goes on, there is no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ if you don't. Um, and love sometimes says that I love you enough to say no. And, and that's what parents do, and that's what we have to do as, as Christians to those who don't know Christ, as, as pastors to the people that we love. We've got to be willing to, to tell them the law and say no, and that, that's hard, but it's necessary.
0: Yeah, that yeah. that is actually that's the one that I was hoping you would bring up because <laughs> it's it, the only one I use, so he didn't have well, much no, choice. Yeah, <laughs> it just, I mean, it, it was it was the one that really struck home with me is the fact that um, one of the one of the ways that I brought my children up is telling them no and l- having them understand that no actually is based on love. It's not because I'm I'm trying to hurt you. It's because I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to instruct you, and that's that's important. Pastor Kevin, what what do you think drove your message home today?
2: Well, before I we get to that, I just want to respond to you because I think, like, a, if you asked Maisie, she'd say I'd love to say no to her because I always do it with a smile on my face because, you know, nothing greater joy than seeing your kid melt down and, you know, not get what they want because <laughs> you're the cruel parent that gets to say, no, you can't have that. Um, but also, I think, you know, I kind of, I did touch on that point. I just chose a little different verse, which I think it's in the same thing you know, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Yes. You know, and I talked about this as where we have to call sin a sin and call the law a law, you know, that we don't go out and expose those, like, shining lights on them. This is not like the cop shining the light through the window saying, where were you on the night of the... You know, like, we're not doing it to judge them, to condemn them. We are doing it to show them this darkness leads to death, you know, that the, the path you're on is not good for you. And the only way we can do that is in love you know we we expose the light of christ because it is loving to call darkness darkness and light light to call what is good and true and right i love that phrase you know uh, the what the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true not according to what the world says is good and right and true but what god says is good and right and true and when we expose light on that that's telling people no you can't do that that's not good for you not because i hate you because i love you and i want you to have the inheritance you know so i kind of brought out that same point in that different verse, but, um, yeah, so my main illustration, I'll actually go to my children's sermon. Um, I had, well, we only had two kids there, but, uh, had Bryn hold the candle unlit, a purple candle. And I held a white candle that was lit. And I said, the white candles, Jesus, the purple candles, you what's the difference. And first she picked up on the fact that the white candle is a full size, big candle. And the purple candle is this tiny little thing. And she said, it's bigger. I said, you're right. Jesus is bigger than you. That's good to know. But then also what's else is different. Well, yours is lit. You're right. Jesus has the light. You have no light. You as a sinner on your own have no light in you. You are darkness. And that's what Paul is saying. You were darkness. And no matter how hard you try, no matter how much effort you put in, no matter how careful you try to be to wise and not be foolish and to try to do all these things, you cannot put that light in yourself. The only way you can have that light in you is if Christ comes to you and puts his light in you. And I think that's the you know, sanctification that doesn't turn good works into a law that I have to try to work, work, work. I have to do all these things. It's on my shoulder. It's my burden to try to be the light and do all these things. No, it's Christ in you. That's where the light comes from. That's where it's always going to come from. You being the light simply means you let him shine through you. You let his love be your love. You let his grace fill your life. So full it flows out onto others. And therefore sanctification is the gospel message. Um, I just got to read Mrs. Stone's theology paper on sanctification, so that's ringing in my head, and it's so good. It's so full of good stuff and quotes of Lutheran stuff. But, you know, that just sanctification always starts with justification. You can't have one without the other. And, you know, so you have to start with the gospel. Christ giving you his light because he loves you, he forgave you, you are saved in him, so that now his light is in you, you can go shine that light. Um,
1: Yeah. And, and, that that's the the same reference I used in terms of the verse one is I I focused on that beloved children you know be imitators of God as beloved children and the children reference I tied in our baptismal identity Mm -hmm. because sanctification is not out of something we do it simply is who we are correct it is our identity just being who you are you are God's redeemed child you have a new life a new person the old person's put to death so um, it's not an outward action it's just living your identity
2: and I think that also just reminds what we've talked about the last couple of weeks. You can't have chapters four, five, six of Ephesians without chapters one, two, three. You know, without the "You were chosen before the foundation of the world." You were given all spiritual blessings in Christ. You know, without the gospel being laid so heavily for three. You know, for three chapters, you were dead, and now you're alive. You were a foreigner, and now you're brought in. You know, all these things that this just plays right in of. Who you are is a beloved child of God. Everything about you has changed. So now live in that identity.
1: Now that's so good. But I do have to have to tell you, because you took the shortcut and didn't preach the end of Ephesians 5, that the only thing I did is I just tied in. Now Paul said this is an example of what it would look like in the family mm. when he tied in marriage and, and, and husbands and wives, in saying that this is how it looks in the church between Christ, the bride, and his bridegroom. Uh, this is what it looks like in the husbands and wives. So I was able to bring that in um, because that's the way it's supposed to be. And so I just pulled that in. I, I fully support that. <laughs> <laughs> when when I teach this in, in premarital classes, I always say they got that in the wrong place. But um, and, and just pulled that in, that Paul leases this illustration of this is... Christ and his bride, the church, this is mutual submission, because your identity is now Mm -hmm. tied to that.
2: And I mean, that fits perfect with the end. I mean, 21 obviously ties to 22 right off the bat. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. You know, you're in Christ, I'm in Christ means we are both in Christ, and how we interact with each other is love.
1: And I always love how every English editor I've ever seen loves to put that subheading between verses 21 and 22. Yeah. Just blows my mind that they've ruined this passage.
2: Yep. (laughs)
0: Well, and I think that this is something that we, as Christians, we all can learn that lesson that we submit to one another that we that we do it out of love and and kindness simply because that is how how Christ uh, how God treats us. We need to be showing that type of uh, a love and understanding and compassion to one another. So, well. Th- this was a very good conversation. We are out of time today, so but I do appreciate you both putting forth this effort, um, trying to get this across. Even though Kevin cheated, that's I I feel that you know we did have I, a good thing going. Here, I just so. have to
2: preach more next week. So that's all. I did yeah. it to myself. You know. No. All <laughs>
0: right. Well, thank you again for joining us today, folks, for the Town and Country Podcast, two churches, one ministry. Our thanks goes out to our audio engineer, Mr. Uh, David. Dave Kaylor for setting all of this up. Uh, we appreciate his help. So on behalf of Pastor Kevin and Pastor Kapenka, I am your host Jonathan Nillian and we invite you to come again next week for our last installment of Ephesians for the Town and Country Podcast. Thanks again so much and have a great week.